But man, it's good to be here with you this morning. Let's go to God in prayer and then we'll uh, open up our text for the day. Our God and our Father, we are grateful to you today for who you are, for who you've called us to be as your people. We're humbled at how far you have come for us to redeem us, to bring us into relationship with you. We're thankful for your Son, for our Savior, for his willingness to go to the cross, to bridge the gap between you and us, that we might live and not just get by, but live with hope, live with power live with peace, that we might live life abundantly in you. We pray, God, for these next moments as we open up your word. We pray that we would be still for a moment and allow your spirit to work within us, to move us, to change us, to urge us on to be the people that you've called us to be, that we may be available to his discipline, to his correction, to his conviction as he shapes us and molds us more and more into your image. And we pray as we leave this place that we would have the wisdom to discern the voice of your Spirit amongst the many that call out for us. And that we would have the boldness to follow where you lead and the courage to proclaim the good news of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray and in whom we find hope. Amen. We're going to look here today as uh, we kind of begin anew. Again, as we said before, uh, a new year is often an opportunity for you to begin things that maybe you've been putting off for a while, uh, to put away old bad habits and maybe to begin new good habits. Um, Maybe you've got some things set, uh, goals set for the next year that you're wanting to get to. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes my New Year's resolutions don't change from year to year. They're kind of the same. I just hope to get a little further in 2022 than I got in 2021. And, and a lot of times it is kind of just this retreading of all the old things, the old obstacles that I've not yet been able to overcome. Um, but we look for opportunity for new things. Uh, when I was growing up, I didn't get new shoes very often. I don't know if that's why I love shoes today or not. I don't know where that comes from, but we didn't get new shoes very often. Um, I might be remembering this wrong, and if I am, my mother will probably call me later and tell me. But for some reason, I remember getting shoes that were about a size and a half too big so that there was room to grow into them and then out of them for a little while before we got new ones. And I tell you, the, the coolest thing about getting new shoes is when we would get to the counter and we would set the box of shoes on the counter. You've tried them on. And the salesman, at, this was back when shoe stores, you know, actually had salesmen who would come and they would put the shoes on you. He would say, would you like me to box these back up or do you want to wear them out? And I would look at mom and go, <gasps> just in eager anticipation, saying, please say I can wear them out. Please say I can wear them out. Please say I can wear them out. And she would say, oh, no, you can wear them. And the old shoes would go in the box, and I'd get to wear the new shoes out of the store. And we were usually in the mall, and you know what would happen then immediately is I would have to get into the mall and see, now how fast can I run in these new shoes? Because I know I'm faster in new shoes than I am in those old ones. And Nana would sit there and say, oh, baby, you are so fast. 
And I would say, yeah, I am. <laughs> it's the shoes. It's just something about new shoes. Something about new things. We love the things that are new because they're exciting and they're, they're fresh and, and they smell different, right? We even have a scent that you can get when you go to the car wash and it's called new car smell. Guess what? It doesn't smell like a new car. It comes close for a little bit, but it doesn't take long for all those old food stains to come back out, all that old lived-in smell to come back up in that old car that you tried to make feel like a new car. But there's something about a new car when you sit in. It's just like, ooh. This feels like a car payment. This smells like a car payment. But it's luxurious because it's new and it's fresh. And, and nobody has stained the carpet. Nobody stained the seats. I know when I sit in a new car and I take that new car home, anything that gets done to that car is on me. And it is a memory that I have made. <clears throat> every mark on the outside, every mark on the inside, something that I have added to it. There's something new and something fresh. Sometimes we think we get to a place in our life where it's just too late to start something new. You know what they say, right? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I'm here to tell you that is hogwash. You are never too old to begin to learn something new. I have a friend of mine who is in his late 60s. Um, he has been a Christian all of his life. I did not know this about him. But he just recently said, this year in 2021, I read through the Bible for the first time in my life. He's been a Christian for almost 50 years. And it's not that he's never read the Bible. It's not that he hasn't read all of the parts at one time or another. But at 68 years old, he said, for the first time in my life, I read through the Bible. It's never too late to try to learn something new. And so whatever your goal is for the next year, just know that there are going to be times where Satan is going to tell you your habits are too ingrained. Um, they're going to tell you, especially when it comes to those spiritual goals that you set, you can try for new things spiritually, but you kind of just need to stick with what you know because you are far too pressed into this mold for you to break out of it. And it's going to be too hard for you to create new habits. It's going to be too hard for you to create new patterns and new lifestyles. So just stick to what you know. But that's not who we are in Jesus. That's not what we are told in the Word of God. In fact, if you look at Ephesians, if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, verse 16 begins this, From now on, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know Him this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Everything is from God who has reconciled us to Himself through Christ and has given us a ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to each of us. 
Right, and so ultimately what, what Paul says here to, in, to the church in Corinth is that, that you, if you are in Christ, are new. And it doesn't matter what has happened in your past, that you are a new creation in Jesus. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and then there's this excitement, right? Why, why is there excitement? Because there's something new on the horizon. And behold! The new has come. The word Paul uses, um, kainos, he uses twice here. It's also the same word that Jesus uses in, in Matthew um, chapter 5. I had that written down. I just Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, when he talks about old and new wineskins. It says you can't put old wine in kainos wineskins. Why? Because if you put the old stuff in the new things, it's going to burst. Because the new is preparing for something else. New wine and old wineskins. Let's back up. You can't put kainos wine in old wineskins. Because new things, trying to be shoved into something old, isn't going to work. Because, But you are in Christ, and in Christ you have been made new. And, and in being made new, you're going to see things differently because the old has passed away. There's something new that is coming. Something recently made, fresh, unused, unworn, unprecedented, uncommon. Those are words in the Greek dictionary that are used for kainos. Think about that. In Christ, you are unprecedented. You are Uncommon. Does that help us see ourselves, our way, our path, our life differently when we recognize that that is how we are made in Jesus? Unprecedented. Uncommon. There is nothing or no one else like you. And it's not just that the old has passed away, it's that the old is no longer available, right? That's the mindset that we are trying to get into, is that the old is not even available to us anymore. Uh, we have a computer at home that needs to be replaced. Um, actually, it needs to be repaired, but I have a feeling if I went to a computer store and said, here's the computer that I have, and I need parts for it, the guy would go, <laughs> that's funny. Um, you're going to have to find those online because we don't sell those anymore. I remember when we were, Heather and I had our first apartment, we had a Commodore 64 that still worked. And we could still play Jumpman or whatever. It was another little Indiana Jones type game that we had. Pitfall Harry. Archaic. You know, you, if my kids saw that today, they would go, what is this? Green screen? But you know what? The guy actually swung from vines. But it was old at that time. My kids don't even know what a Commodore 64 is now. And if you're going to repair those things, you have to go to specialty shops to get parts for those things. Because I don't think Commodore 64 is still in production any longer. And I don't think they're making chips small enough to fit into that. You know, the, the memory chip in a Commodore 64 isn't even available in the cell phones you get nowadays. It's it's too small. It's unusable. Right? He says, look, if you are in Christ, those old things, 
Like, like if you're going to live in the past, if you're going to live according to your old way of life, you're going to have to go searching for it because in Christ, the old things are not available to you anymore. And you're going to have to go out of your way to live that way because in Christ, you are a new creation. Behold, the new has come. And part of being a new creation is learning to live in the newness <clears throat> of being that new creation. And it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, it's not easy because we don't know how to live delivered. We don't know how to operate as delivered people. Um, and here's what deliverance means. When we find ourselves delivered, it means we get a fresh start to overcome all those old obstacles. You know, the same ones that we start to rehash over and over and over again. That same regimen that we are going to start tomorrow. That, that same regimen of scripture reading or, or healthier living or better choices uh, or, or whatever it is that you set out that you constantly fail to do, being delivered means that you have fresh opportunities to overcome those old obstacles. The psalmist in Psalm 40 writes these words. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and he set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. Listen to this. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God, and many will see and fear and they will trust in the Lord. He put a new song in my mouth. New creation means we live with that new song. We sing a new song. That's not easy, right? That's not easy because those same old obstacles rear their head. And you know what I see in that old obstacle? I see an obstacle that I have yet to overcome. And I go right back to the old way of doing things. And I kind of get a little downhearted, a little downtrodden because I realize... It's still before me. And I'm just not good enough to overcome it. And God says, you know what, you're right. You're not good enough. You're not fast enough to outrun it. You're not strong enough to overpower it. You're not athletic enough to jump over it. You can't swim long enough to swim around it. You don't have enough time to dig underneath it, and it's too wide for you to go around it. The only way you're going to overcome this obstacle is by seeing things through the song that I'm putting in your mouth. Because in Christ, you've put away those old things. You've got to stop trying to conquer the obstacles in front of you and with all the old ways that have never worked before and thinking they're going to work again. He says, but if you just give those obstacles to me, you would find out that I've already overcome it. You just haven't seen it through my eyes yet. The story of God never changes. And His offer of life can be seen throughout Scripture. It's there in the Old Testament, it's there in the New Testament, and the promise is for the days that we are living in now. 
you can be delivered from whatever it is that lies before you. Unbelief, a difficult season of life, decisions that you're trying to outrun the consequences of, choices that you've made that you regret, paths that are before you that you don't think you can travel. Deliverance means you get a fresh start to overcome those old obstacles and you get to do it with a vision of the Savior. But we have to be willing to be new. Right? We, we have to be willing to be stretched, to be molded, to be shaped. We have to be willing to try some things that we've never tried before, to be uncomfortable for a little while so that we can experience the growth that comes. Learning new material can be really tricky, especially when we are completely unfamiliar or foreign with that concept. Richard Feynman, who is a Nobel-winning physicist, said that there are, in his mind, there is a three-step way of learning new things. Um, you know, first off, he says, the first step is to get out a notebook and write the topic you're learning at the top of the page, and then explain it from start to finish as if you were explaining it to a child. There are some things that we might think are too complicated for that. Right? There is a webcomic, though, that explained rocket science using the 1,000 most common words in the English language. There are some things about the Scriptures, there are things about God, there are things about His nature and character that seem kind of like rocket science. Uh, but to write them down and explain them from start to finish in a way that is so basic and fundamental that a child would understand them. Um, when Dustin was four... He started playing baseball, and I started coaching him. I loved the game of baseball. I loved playing it. I loved coaching it. I loved being there with the boys. Um, and so we went up, and then Jody came in, and she played t-ball. And so, of course, I coached the t-ball team that she was on that one season that she played t-ball. She realized pretty quickly gymnastics and cheer were her thing, and she was really good at it. T-ball, baseball, not really something she even cared to be good at. Um, and so she kind of put that pink batting helmet away after one season of use. Um, and then Dylan started playing t-ball, and, and I was coaching Dylan's team, and I remember getting up there and saying, guys, it's not hard. Everything funnels to your belly button right here. Get down, get square, and go. And they're looking at me like, huh? Like, that's basic. That's fundamental. What do you mean? Why are you looking at me like you don't understand? And then I started thinking, did I have to start this basic with Dustin? I did. Because all of these kids, they're four and five years old, you know, they didn't even know how to hold a baseball. They definitely didn't know what it meant to funnel that ground ball to your belly button. And we started talking about form, and we started talking about the way to throw a baseball, and you have to break it down into things like, okay, alligator arms, surfboard, follow through. No, not five fingers on the ball. Three fingers, the thumb and two fingers. You know, the basic things of how to hold a baseball. No, buddy, the glove goes on your other hand. You're right-handed. That means you throw with your right and catch with your left. He goes, but it doesn't fit. It's like, it's backwards. Right? you got to go to the basic fundamental things, the things that you have taken for granted. 
And sometimes with our faith, we've got to break it down to those basic, basic fundamental things like remember to squish the bug when you swing. Remember, alligator, surfboard, follow through. We need fundamental things. And, and sometimes we need for those deep things of faith to be broken down to just the basics to be explained in such a way that we might be able to learn and embrace something new. So you write out your explanation. But what you do is when you write out that explanation, what you find is there are gaps that are being filled. So the first step is to explain it like you would explain it to a child. The second step is to begin to fill in the gaps. And you continue that process until all the gaps are full. And then the last step is to just take all that information that you have and organize it in a logical way. See, that, that gives us the ability to break something down to its basic fundamental principles. And to stop being threatened by growth, by learning something new. Sometimes the most challenging thing to learn something new about is ourselves. I mean, there are things about myself that I definitely don't want to be revealed to you, and I know I don't want them to be revealed to you because I'm resistant to them even being revealed to myself. Like things start getting real and pointed, and, and immediately I kind of recoil and go, eh, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ready for that yet. But learning new things being available for new experiences in Christ. Being available for new growth and new maturity to, tr to occur gives us the ability to learn something new about ourselves and about how we can relate to the creator of the universe. Living as a new creation <clears throat> requires us to live according to the lifestyle that Jesus has called us to. And that means that we are constantly asking ourselves, questioning our patterns of thought, our behaviors, and asking, is this thought, is this behavior, is this pattern consistent with the life that is called a new creation in Jesus? Or am I still striving for the patterns of the old way? If anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, the new is come. Let's stop living in the past. And that doesn't mean that we abandon you know, those things that anchor us. That doesn't mean that we abandon our core. That means that we live with a glorious vision of who we are to be in Jesus. That means that from this moment forward, we are seeking solely, the guidance and direction of the Spirit of God and how we can live in Him. And the way that we find out what it means to live in the Spirit of God is by learning and understanding what He has told us about Himself and about how we are to live in His Word. I'm going to say every morning, because it's almost every morning. Um, we'll say every day. Usually by the end of the day, I get around to sending out the, the daily Bible reading if I forget to do it in the morning. I used to set that out on a schedule. 
Um, and it was nice on a schedule because everyone got that daily Bible reading at the same time. It went out at 7 o'clock every morning, and it was like clockwork. It was like clockwork because it was clockwork. Um, I started sending it out manually because it holds me accountable. And it also gives me a chance to tell you, hey, sorry, I forgot this morning. Um, but here we are catching up. Because we are all in this <clears throat> together, and the truth is beginning your day or finding those moments in the day where you can anchor your life in the Word of God is the only way for you to know His will, to know His character, and to understand what it is to live according to His Spirit. It's how you know His voice. Like I, I pray that we would have the wisdom to discern the voice of God, the voice of His Spirit in our lives. The only way you can discern that voice is if you get to know that voice. And the only way you can get to know that voice is if you read His voice. Understand the kinds of things that he will call you to live according to. I pray that we will begin, not next Monday. Uh, you know, January's already started. I better wait till February 1st. No, let's start today. Let's start today living as a new creation in Jesus. Seeking His Spirit, seeking His way, seeking His guidance, that we would live in His will always. Behold, new things are coming. You are new in Jesus.